0: Well, hello. Welcome to the tabernacle. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, thank you for coming out uh, to a worship service here as we're coming back together for the first time this weekend. And it's going to feel a little bit weird. It does feel a little bit weird. It's going to feel a little bit different for a while. But I do want to just say this. Through this entire season, I want to be able to look you in the face, whether you're listening online, you're here in person. I'm going to be able to look you in the eye and tell you this. Through this entire season... Um, it's been so encouraging to be part of a staff, part of a leadership, that every decision that we've had to made, make about, you know, if we have an outdoor service, if we are going to get together like this, if what we're going to do with uh, our worship services, all of those decisions have been made, um, not necessarily listening to the governor, not necessarily listening to Fosse, but listening to what God is telling us to do. And we take that other information to account, But when it really boils down to it, what we're doing is we're sitting together, we're praying, and we're listening for God to give us direction. Doesn't mean we're always going to get it right, but when you have a group of leaders get together uh, at a meeting, and everybody independently is sensing, yeah, it's time to do this. Pretty good idea that maybe God's been speaking to those spirits. So I just wanted to give you that assurance you can choose to believe it or not. But uh, that's, that's what we've been working with. Um, also, just want to let you know, uh, one of the important things that we hold in really high regard here at the tabernacle is baptism. And uh, even before this season hit, we were, maybe it was prophetic, I don't know. We'll give God the glory on it if it was. But we were sensing that it was time to switch up how we do baptism here at the tabernacle. And the decision was already made that what we're going to do is through the month of August on Sunday after service, if you would like to be baptized, uh, two pastors will get together and we've got a, a, a location all set up, but we'll get together with you and your family and we'll sit down and we'll talk and we're going to have a more of a private baptism ceremony uh, for you and your family. It still counts. Uh, we just hold you under until the bubbles go away. That's the way we know the sin's gone. Um, if you're still alive when we come up, we know you're a witch. No, that's... Well, we just went way off the road. Okay, so a little levity in the room. So, um, no, seriously, we, take, we, we hold baptism in very high regard. If you are somebody who has not been baptized, you are a believer, um, we'd encourage you to uh, look to Scripture, what Jesus says about that. And if you've got any more questions about that, you can talk to any of us that are on staff, and more information will be going out on the website about how to sign up for that. So um, we are in Ephesians still. We've been there since uh, Easter, and uh, I'll just admit uh, this message that we have is the last four verses in Ephesians. It's really Paul's final greeting, and uh, even as we were sitting together planning out how uh, how we were going to outline these sermons, uh, there was there was you know, the thought of, well, we can just tuck those four verses in with last week's sermon because it just, there's probably not a lot there that can be said. And uh, the wiser in the room, the wise man stopped us and said, wait, wait a minute, let's take a look at this. And as we started to unpack it, we realized that this is really, these four verses, there's so much superfood, scripture superfood right here. It's just packed with a lot more uh, then maybe at first glance you might see. But when we start to break it down, there's really a lot in there for us, especially today. So this entire book of Ephesians has really been about this one thing, and it's what the title of this message is. It's, it's about my hope. We've been in this resurrection series, and we've been looking through Ephesians at all the things that God is resurrecting in us as, as we become believers in Christ, and then as that walks out in our daily life. How is it resurrects how I go about my job resurrects my my role as a husband or a wife or a child as as maybe a worker as a boss resurrects myself obviously positionally with god and how he sees me when he looks at me when i become a believer he sees his son jesus and those are mysteries that we can't fully wrap our heads around but we've been given this message today we've been given this scripture for that very reason to resurrect our hope so uh this afternoon, uh, this afternoon, uh, got a phone call from somebody within the church, a good friend, um, and he had sent me a text earlier in the day. They've been taking care of uh, one of their elderly, uh, elderly parent figures in their home, and they knew the end was getting close. And it's been about two and a half months of, you know, getting him outside and back inside during the day, and just letting him finish out his his last bit of life on earth just as peacefully as possible and by 11 o'clock sent a text said yeah we're probably a couple hours from from the end here and it was about 1:30. another message came through it says yep he just took his last breath we're, we're getting hospice coming and uh we we do it at the church when we when we find out stuff like that's happened if any of us are available we really do try to get there if we can we don't always we aren't always able to bake it but it worked out well for me and john williams we were able to connect and yeah, it's it's close let's go over at least sit with the family make sure they're okay if we can pray with them just do what we can and half the time you know it's hard to know what to do with your hands um and we were able to get there and as soon as we walked in the house we just realized this is not what we were expecting to walk into there were smiles and there was joy and there was some laughter and as we got talking with the family uh they were just sharing that, yeah, Dad, he was, a, he was a, just a diehard Jesus lover. He lived to a ripe old age in 90, and through his life, God had blessed him with a successful business, and he was able to be extremely generous with what God had provided him. And even in these last few weeks, he's just been waiting to go home. He hasn't been hanging on. He's been at peace. And he's just been waiting for that time when he closes his eyes, and the next moment he opens them and he's standing before God. And we were just sitting there, we had a chance to pray with them and, and just realize, you know, all the family were believers. They all had this hope. And a room like that, a house like that, on a day like that, where the patriarch of the family has just passed away can be completely different. If you don't have that hope that there's something beyond these walls that we have around us right now. See, at some point in our lives, unfortunately, We start to lose that sense of wonder. Jesus talks about having a a, a sense of wonder, a childlike faith. And that's what it takes to get into heaven. And I've I've been processing processing that scripture for years. And I remember when I was a kid. I remember when I could look at the woods behind my house and I was really small. And it seemed like those woods went on forever. You didn't know what was going to be in there. All the figments of your worst nightmares could be living in those woods. There could be witches in there. There could be gremlins. There could be hobbits. There could be wizards. There could be spaceships. You had no idea what was in those woods. But then we get older, and we realize that the woods only goes 100 yards, and that's just where our neighbor's house is, and there might be a few briars, and maybe you'll kick out a deer, but we lose that sense of wonder. And then with the longer we go through life, we start explaining things away. Well, that must just be a coincidence. And while we think we're getting stronger and while we think we're getting smarter and while we think we're evolving, really what we're doing is we're losing hope. Because all that we're left with is hope in what we have around us. Hope in these walls. Hope in this mask. I'm not knocking any of that stuff, but I think you get my drift. And then when somebody passes away unexpectedly, we're left with these questions and really all that's left is, well, that's just survival of the fittest. And unfortunately, there's a part of us, I think in most of our hearts, that even when maybe our brains have been going that direction for a long time and we've lost that sense of wonder, there's still this little part in there that we call it the God-shaped spot that's just longing, longing for something more. This is, there's got to be something beyond this. So that's really where we pick this up today. Paul writ- has written this letter to us. Paul was a man who had, even though he was a faithful God follower, you could say he had lost a sense of wonder. He had lost a sense of wonder of what God was willing to do. He had lost his sense of wonder about who God was willing to reach, how, he was willing to, how far he was willing to go. He had all the religious rules dialed right in. But it was all about the here and now and what he could see in front of him right now, which led him to the point that he was killing people who believed that this man Jesus had risen from the dead. But then Paul had this moment on the Damascus Road where he got his sense of wonder back, where he was blinded by a light, where his life was changed forever. And all these things he thought couldn't possibly exist, that God would never do this. Suddenly, the veil was removed from his eyes. The scripture says the scales came off his eyes, and I think that was both physical and spiritual, and he saw. The prophet Elisha, at one point, was standing with his apprentice, and there was an army about to take the city, and the apprentice was scared. And Elisha prayed, God, open his eyes so he could see. And at that moment, suddenly it was like the veil rolled back, and you could see the armies of God all around them, ready to protect them. That's the sense of wonder that we need to have to have that hope. So, Paul's writing this letter to us, and we're going to read the last four verses in here, and we're going to see what's in there for us today in 2020. Verse 21. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose. That you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. And final, Paul's prayer to us is this. Peace be to the brothers. And love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So there's all these key words in here that if we stop and we break it down in these four verses, there's a tremendous amount of message in here. I mean, if we even take a look at who is this guy, Tychekus, he's actually referred to a couple other times in Scripture, and uh, at some points, Uh, Paul refers to him as a fellow bondservant, a a fellow slave of Christ. He's somebody who has given up his normal earthly walk to proclaim the gospel with Paul, to serve Paul in however he can. Now, Paul, at this time, we believe he's actually writing this letter from prison, which could have been a huge discouragement, discouragement to the church in Ephesus. could be a discouragement to us. But he's sending a messenger to say, hey, I've got good news for you. I'm going to tell you all the wonders that God has been doing. Not only that, he's going to come. I want you to take encouragement. He's going to encourage your hearts. And then we see what maybe we could call the building blocks of hope listed out here. Peace. Peace be to the brothers. The brothers meaning those who are fellow believers, brothers and sisters, it says in some translations. And love with faith. Faith, belief in action. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in grace. Grace. Grace is getting what I don't deserve. Mercy, not getting what I do deserve. And finally, this Last two words here that's listed for us. Love, incorruptible. That's what Paul wants to close and give us today. So how do we break that down in 2020? I mean, a lot of people, you joke about uh, this is the year that uh, you thought you were getting a banana split, but somebody put shaving cream on top instead of whipped cream, and that first bite was just not quite what you were expecting, right? Come on, that was a little bit funny, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not go with me, help me out here. So what does it have for us in here? Well, first of all, he's giving us some instructions on how we can recover that lost wonder, how we can have that hope. You know, Christians talk a lot about hope in the Lord. And if you're not a Christian and you hang around Christian people, they can make you want to tear the skin off your face when people are talking about hope in the Lord. Oh, hope is in the Lord. Because we don't if we're not Christians, we just don't get it. We don't know what that is. How do you know that you know that you know that you can have this hope that when somebody passes away in your home that you can have a smile on your face and just believe that in one second, in that microsecond, eyes were closed. Next was standing before the Lord God, finally seeing him face to face, where there will be no more pain. Every tear will be wiped away. Where he's gone, to, he's up, a room was prepared for that guy. How do you know that you know that you know that to a point that it gets you through all the trials and the tribulations that we're going to have in this life? Because we are promised those trials and tribulations. Just as a sidebar, becoming a Christian and taking this hope doesn't mean that your life is going to go great. In fact, some of the strongest Christians I know constantly watching their lives be almost systematically dismantled by things. And what's just awesome and inspiring is when you just see them just steadfast. People outside of this country, people in China, go to just distances beyond what we can even imagine here in America simply to have a Bible in their hands. Some of us will have five Bibles in our house, and lucky if we can find one to pick it up and read it. So how do we go about this, having this hope? Well, Paul's sending Tychicus to give them encouragement. And I know for myself, oftentimes it's hard to receive encouragement. We want to be humble, but it's really false humility. When, oh, no, 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 it's all the Lord. and We don't know how to take a compliment. We don't know how to tell, how to receive when somebody says, I see what you're doing. As Paul's written in this letter, I see the love you have. I see the steadfastness you have. Take the encouragement. Receive that hope. Don't deflect it. Pastor Tim's taught me a real easy way to receive encouragement. Just simply say, Thank you. (laughs) Let's try that together, everybody. Thank you. Receive the encouragement. But it goes even more than that. See, Paul has sent a messenger. Paul couldn't go himself, he was in chains. Paul couldn't go and be the witness that says, this is what I saw, this is what's happened, this is everything that's done, this is what I've done with your church, Jesus. That's not what Paul was doing. Paul had to humble himself and he sent this messenger Tychicus that's going to explain all this, to send a letter. Even 2,000 years later, we have messengers that are being sent to us all the time. The question is, and this doesn't matter if you're... goes for you if you call yourself a Christian or maybe you just showed up to church for the first time and you're trying to figure this out. or Maybe you're listening online. Somebody invited you to pay attention to this. The messengers that have been sent into your life, have you been listening to them? Have you been listening to them? Or when somebody comes and they've got a word for you, do you just write it off? When we have this book that was, has been given to us, all these chronicles, all these stories, these historical facts, as we're finding so much archaeology is proving. When we read this, are we listening to these messengers? I had an atheist friend, still a friend, but he's challenged me with his Bible, going, you just tell me the time when God just, zap, gave you this Bible. And it's like, no, man, that's not how it happened. What God did is he worked miracles And then through his Holy Spirit, allowed men and women to write down these stories for our benefit. To send us a message, 2,000, send us a messenger and a message of his love for us. Of him, the ultimate love story, him tracking us down. 2,000 years later, we get to receive those messages. That's what scripture is. That's what, as we're reading this letter, I mean, that's just broken down. That's what Ephesians is. This is what God has been doing. This is what I see in you. Are you going to receive that? Are you going to listen to what the messengers have to say? I mean, I remember before I became a Christian, it used to bother me when people would share what God was doing in their life because I really didn't want to believe them. It went outside what I figured, if there was a God, what he would even be willing to do. But after a while, some of those stories started to give me a little bit of that sense of wonder back, and I went, yeah, but what if? What if? What if God actually did do that for that person? What if that wasn't just a coincidence? So we need to listen to the messengers that have been given us here in Scripture. We need to listen to the messengers that God has put in our lives to maybe speak to us at work. We need to especially listen to the messengers that are listed in the Gospels. When we break those down, these recounts of these faithful believers that maybe they didn't even believe at first with their own eyes, but as time went on, they began to believe that Jesus actually maybe was who he said he was. He was able to do these miracles. They saw men rise from the dead, people healed miraculously. He was able to (laughs) shut down the naysayers with a few phrases. And all of it seemed to be pointing right vertical to God. And when women showed up at the tomb and it was empty and they ran back, they were a messenger going back to those disciples to say something has happened. And a couple of them took off running back. They got to the tomb and again, there's... Those messengers are telling us that story of what's happened. And then days later, to see your friend, your teacher, your mentor alive and stand before you. If that doesn't give you a sense of wonder back and a sense of hope that maybe there's something going on more than we can see here, I don't know what's going to. And maybe you're like me at one time where it's like, if I can just convince myself that this is a bunch of baloney... I can do whatever I want. But what if? What if? Because I'd certainly like to be more like that man that passed away today with my family around me, where they knew that they knew that they knew where I was. And I'd like to know that when I closed my eyes the next time, I was going to be looking Jesus face to face. Grace, faith, peace, love. That gives us hope. So we need to listen to the messengers. And then for us, that we've experienced that hope. We have received that hope. For us, the next thing we need to do is just exactly what Paul's doing here and what Tychicus is going to do. We need to share that hope. I'll be honest, this message is really bare bones gospel simple. If you're looking for some revelation on how you should handle your finances, you're not going to get it here tonight. You're not going to get it here in this message. This is all simply the gospel boiled down plain and simple. And what better way to come back into church wrapping up the book of Ephesians? The first part of Ephesians is what Christ has done in us and then he gives us work to do as it says. Work that's been prepared in advance for us and that is to go out and share the hope. How do we do that? Glad you asked. Another disciple who saw Jesus alive, who has his fingerprints all over this book, his name was Peter. He writes in 1 Peter 3.15, recorded for our benefit, to offer us encouragement. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that you have yet do it with gentleness and respect. So what Peter's not saying is get into a heated debate with your atheist friend. (laughs) I don't know how many people have been debated into believing, but one thing I do know that people will follow is someone who has hope. So how do we share our hope with people? How do we have a defense? How do we give that reason in a gentle and respectful way to people? Well, it's been taught to me and it seems written here the same thing, that we simply share our testimonies. One of the easiest things you can do with somebody to share the hope that you have is just to share what God has been doing in your life. Not to brag, not to build yourself up and look how great I am. God must really like me. Look how he's blessing me. But to point the glory to Him and say, "This is just—I can't deny it anymore. These are all the ways that I've seen God working in my life over the over the last few months or over the last few years." We call that a testimony. It's again, it's another Christian word, and you know, we think we need to have like this essay all written out and that it can explain, you know, the the five solas and the you know uh, know Scripture really well. People debate that all day long, but you really want to give somebody trust in you and you really want to show them your hope? Just explain what God has been doing in your life because they can't argue with that. They can choose not to believe you, but they can't argue with it. See, we have our personal testimonies. And our personal testimonies are important for us to remember. It was given me as a good instruction early on in my Christian walk that as you go through this Christian walk, you are going to see God move in your life. And this teacher of mine instructed me, I would get a little book and keep that with you. And I just jot some of that information down because you're going to forget. And I thought, man, how can you forget when God works a miracle in your life? But I do, and I'm grateful I have that book. And I'm grateful that book's been to Haiti with me. I'm grateful that book has been on Freedom Builders projects with me. And I'm grateful that book has been with me in my home. Because I'll go back through to write a little new thing in there, and I start flipping back, and there's so much of it I have forgot. And then those times that I start to doubt is this even real, God? Am I just believing a fairy tale? I go back through that book, and my own personal testimony that I've written down reminds me and encourages myself. (laughs) I don't even know how that happens. (laughs) But then we have our family testimony of what God has done in our family, with our, in our family of believers. We have our church testimony. Man, it's great to tell people there's no earthly reason that this building here should be in Buckley, that this church should be happening in Buckley. And it's not because of us, and it's not the building itself, but it's just an indication of the way that God faithfully provided things that we needed along the way. When the doors were shut from the, in the earthly way and God said, let me show you another way. In other words, let me just pull back the veil a little bit and let you see just a glimpse. Just a glimpse. And it's so great to go back and see those and when we get to get together and talk to each other about what God's been doing in our lives and be encouraged. But even when we look at what God's doing at other churches all around northern Michigan, I've got a friend, he's lived, he's lived in other parts of the, the country, and he says, You know, I, I've lived in a lot of different places. I've visited a lot of places. He goes, I just, Ben, I hope you don't take for granted the caliber of godly, Jesus loving, scripture based churches you have in this part of the world. You are blessed beyond belief. And so when we hear that type of thing and we find out that another church is doing well and they've got new believers coming in, what's our response? What's our response? Do we take it as encouragement? Do we hear that testimony and go, wow, God is still doing amazing things? Or do we take an attitude of competition? Oh, they must be Jesus-like. They're really not full gospel. And is that the attitude of our hearts? That's us not believing the messengers. That's us not taking the encouragement. And that's us not sharing the encouragement. I got to ride in a vehicle for two hours with probably one of the most intense individuals I've ever met in my life. His name was Adrian Dupre and he spoke last year at our wild game dinner here. And I picked him up at the airport in Grand Rapids to drive him up here. And within a minute or so, I realized this guy is over the top in love with Jesus. He's just one of those guys. And it wasn't obnoxious. It was just like he kind of just wanted to go with it. And we pulled out of the airport. Grabbed, we were at Arby's in the drive-thru, and we we're grabbing a couple sandwiches. And, and, we, and it was the lady at the drive-thru handing us her sandwiches. You could tell she was not having a good day. But I watched Adrian, within 30 seconds, had her laughing, joking, and talking about Jesus. That's sharing the encouragement. That's sharing the encouragement. Rather than going, oh boy, she's having a bad day and just rolling up the window and driving on, he saw an opportunity to share encouragement with a lady who was having a rough time. Come find out she was a believer too. And here I am in the middle as they're talking about Jesus and all the wonderful things that they see going on in their lives. In 30 seconds, how do you do that? Man, you've got to have that hope. You've got to have that wonder. And I want to be more like that. So on the way up, I'm asking Adrian, like, hey, and I was sharing some of what I was struggling with at the time. Because I'll admit I was in a bit of a dark place trying to figure out how to do this job in this church, Frankly, feeling like I was failing most of you, not really knowing what to do with my hands half the time, getting my butt chewed sometimes inside and outside of church for maybe not measuring up, and I just like Adrian, I just don't know if I'm cut out for this, man. Ben, explain this to me. What's going on? I'm talking to him about it. And he says, uh, "I said, how do you do that, man? You just like she was grumpy, and you turned it like that." He said, "I just made a decision early on in my walk, Ben." that I was not going to let a carnal Christian steal my joy. I'm not going to let a carnal Christian steal my joy. Wow. What's a carnal Christian? He said, a carnal Christian, somebody who has placed their faith, their hope, and their trust in Jesus with their mouth, but not with their life. They're still living by the flesh. They're still more concerned with their rights, their, their abilities, their needs get met. And they haven't taken that step into selflessness. I'll admit, that hit me hard because I realized a lot of the reasons I was struggling was just because of that. I was still worried about what people thought about me. I was still worried about if I was good enough. I still was worried about my standing in this world. And I hadn't fully relaxed into this hope and trust and love that God was going to take care of all those details. So I'm still working on it. So my questions for you really tonight are this. Do you have this hope? Do you have this hope that Jesus rose from the dead? Do you have this hope that there's more going on in this world? There's actually a spirit realm, that there's a God who loves you. There's a God who, when the grenade of sin was thrown at humanity, sent his son Jesus to dive on that and absorb that devastation that was meant for all of us sitting in this room right now, all of us that are listening online, that he absorbed that devastation with his body. He took the brunt of that explosion, if you go with my metaphor. That he proved he had power over Satan, sin, and death. He proved to those disciples, and he's proven to us today, when he rose from the dead three days later, and that message has been handed on and handed on and handed on from church to church all the way around the world to us sitting right here right now, to us that are listening online, those of us that are tuning in however we are right now. Do you have that hope that God is willing to forgive your sins? And that's how he's doing it, just by simply placing your belief in him, just by simply going and letting, letting go of the, no, this is, I can't believe that by getting just a little bit of that wonder back. All it takes is a mustard seed of faith. And the next question is this. If you have that faith, are you sharing it? Are you sharing that hope? I want to read a Facebook post to you as we bring this message to a close. Uh, This was posted by my buddy, Britton. Somebody I think he knows, and this is a true story. It it reads like this, I was rude to someone today. We are on vacation out of state this week in North Carolina. I walked into our usual donut joint with my mask on. The owner walked up to me and started taking our order. In retrospect, I should have given more attention to her weary countenance. I took one side of my mask off so I could continue my order without being muffled. Without hesitation, she said, Sir, please put your mask on. My flesh convinced me that this was the time for me to be a patriot. I put the mask loop over my ear and told her that we wouldn't be needing any donuts after all. She seemed to shrug my response off, so I continued. I didn't yell, I didn't make a scene, but I looked at her straight in the face and told her she was rude. We exchanged pleasantries and I left. Two miles down the road, the Holy Spirit smote my heart. I stood for my personal belief while ignoring humility and grace. I turned the van around and drove back to the donut shop. I entered the shop, and the same woman was standing there. I walked right up to her with my mask on, looked her in the eye, and said, I am sorry. With workers and other customers looking on, I asked for for her forgiveness and told her I should have been more gracious and humble. She opened up to me for a few minutes about how tough the current situation was on her as a former nurse and current small business owner. She was tired, she was weary, she was worried. She didn't need a seasonal patriot. She needed a gracious Christian. I purchased my donuts, we laughed, and I left. When I got back to the van, I explained to my children that it was important we set ourselves aside for the well-being of others. I made sure my kids knew that I was willing to eat crow so a tired stranger could have an emotionally healthy day. I explained to my children what I had done and how I needed to make it better. I explained to my children that God allows us to make mistakes so his grace can be on greater display. Amen to that. We will be back for more donuts this week. I'll be wearing my mask the whole time, making sure I am a blessing and not a bully, and I didn't have to give up a shred of freedom or dignity to do so. This world needs humility, grace, and forgiveness. It doesn't need more casual Christians dying on their temporal hills. It needs more Jesus followers living out the gospel. Yes, be a patriot, but don't let your personal beliefs drown out your faith and witness. Wow. All we are enduring will one day fade away, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. Amen. So I don't want you to hear this as a political statement. It has nothing to do with masks, and if that's all you heard, I need you to check your heart. There's going to be a million more opportunities that have nothing to do with masks that are going to be similar like that for all of us as we go about our lives until we stand before God that one day. Don't let your personal beliefs get in the way and overshadow your faith and your testimony of what God's been doing in your life. And I think that's what Paul's trying to tell us right here. Take encouragement. Be encouragement. Listen to the messengers, and go be a messenger. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that uh, thank you that we are just here. Thank you for the messengers that you've sent before us, that have given us this news. Thank you for the messengers that you put in different locations with me in my life, that I saw a joy in them. I saw something that was different. I saw a hope that I just couldn't figure out what they had to be so stinking happy about, but it was something I wanted. Thank you that you sometimes you'll just leave that trail of breadcrumbs for us, Lord. And we just keep following and you just keep showing us the way. Thank you for the gospels. For this book. For this letter from Paul for Tychicus who was a real man who had to make a long journey to share encouragement with fellow believers. Lord, strengthen us and encourage us. Give us that strength that only you can give. Not our strength, but yours. Help us just to remember that all of us, yeah, it's just, it's going to pass away someday. And help us to stand before you. Give us the strength to stand before you. Say, Lord, I made it. I made it, but I couldn't have done it without you. I'm here because you pulled me here. I'm here because you drugged me here. I'm here because I came kicking and screaming. Thank you for your son Jesus showing how, showing us how to love people well. How to not listen to the, the voices and the noise of the world, but just simply go where you're called. Go For us to go where we're called. Remember that Yeah, this is just going to be gone someday, Lord. Thank you for the work you've been doing in this church and in my life. That you love us so much. We pray this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us today.